You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm director of the Global Mission Office. Our engineers this morning are Mike and Javier. You're listening to WNDZ 750 AM. This month, we broadcast the third Thursday of the month from 8.30 to 9 AM. This month, we have with us Father Wilson Paulos, who is currently ministering at St. Peter Roman Catholic Church in Merchantville, New Jersey, in the Diocese of Camden. He is originally from the Diocese of Raigada in India, and he has served as the U.S. contact for his home diocese and made a number of mission appeals over the years all over the country. The Diocese of Raigada participated in our own Chicago mission appeals in 2020, during this pandemic, so they were virtual appeals. And I asked Father Wilson to share with us his personal experience of faith and trust in the midst of suffering, grief, and hope over this past year and a half. So good morning, Father Wilson, and welcome. Good morning, Megan. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, thank you very much for coming today, virtually. and for those yes. who are watching us uh, on uh, our video YouTube channel, um, we have Father Wilson here via our Microsoft Teams. As I mentioned in my introduction, uh, Father Wilson, you're ministering in the Diocese of Camden in New Jersey. So please tell us how long you've served there in New Jersey. And what's it like? I, I, I ca- Go ahead. Sorry. Please. I came to this beautiful country in the year 2005 on July 13th. Okay. And I was appointed at various various parishes, uh, helping the parish as well as I was a chaplain for the hospitals for last 15 years. From last year onwards, I am here in this parish as associate. Uh, I am here in this diocese last 16 years. And hospital chaplain as well? Yeah, or... now I am not a hospital chaplain. Oh, okay. I'm a certified uh, chaplain uh, for the hospitals, mm-hmm. but I was working under under the Diocese of Camden, wherever they sent me, whichever hospital, I did 15 years, and that was uh, time for me to change because it was too much demanding. My health was not permitting me. Yeah, right. 15 years, that's but, a long time. Yeah. Yes, yet still I go whenever somebody calls for a help. Mm-hmm. I don't say no because I, I don't say that I'm only an associate priest, but I go whenever they invite me. Sure. Yeah, that's a skill. <laughs> Hospital chaplaincy. <laughs> and I can yes. imagine 
it is very yes. tiring. I mean, I, in the best sense that you're emotionally present with all these people over the years, uh, over those 15 years, it can be very exhausting. So thank you for that ministry. So, also, I mentioned you've been a Mission Appeal speaker um, on behalf of your home diocese uh, for some of those years, too, I would imagine. Um, what's it like to be a Mission Appeal speaker? It is, uh, so to say, it is a bit of tough work in the sense that to come back to a country where we just appeal to our own brothers and sisters that to help out the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a tough thing to go around and speaking about our diocese and uh, situations we go through. Mm-hmm. Mainly we ask the help for the evangelization, proclaiming the word to various parts of the country. And this part of India is mainly, is completely cut off mm-hmm. from other parts because of the mountain and terrains and uh, very, you no know, proper roads. So yeah. we make use of this, whatever we help we get from the mission appeal for the proclamation of the word, especially the evangelization. Mm-hmm. And we find that there is a drastic change in many, many, many souls coming to believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that makes us to continue. Yeah. And after 17 years of service in my diocese, I took an option because I wanted a, just a break. And then my previous bishop asked me to work for our diocese as a representative in the United States. That's why I said yes. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing from 2009 onwards, uh, even before, but uh, officially they appointed me 2009 onwards. I had been doing the U.S. representative for the diocese of Rayagada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it sounds like you share a really positive message in your mission appeals about the, like you say, the evangelization, the people coming to the church um, yes. in, in Raigada. And it, this is mostly a rural diocese then? It's very, very rural. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no airport nearby to travel to the airport. We had to travel by the Jeep for five hours. Mm-hmm. Train services, they're one end of our diocese. But all the missions are almost 70 to 80 miles distance each parish. Mm-hmm. And a parish, uh, each parish, uh, there may be one or two priests. They cover up uh, reaching to the various villages. In a parish, there will be 50, 60 villages on various of a radius of uh, 60 to 70 square miles. So the most of the priests, they go for a village tour. Uh-huh. They cover up almost six to 10 days. And the pastor come back, and then the associate continue the mission. Mostly that uh, things have become a little different these days because of the communication and mass media mm. and uh, the road system. Mm. Otherwise, we are just caught up. But we don't feel bad because it's a pattern of our life. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's Even the early church, part. right? That's the early church. Yes. You go from, from, yeah. from town to town and you check in with the community there and help it grow, yes. help it expand. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's hard work. <laughs> not to say that that's not challenging, that there's a lot of travel involved and you're you're held yeah. up by the weather and all kinds of things that are out of your control um, yeah. as a minister. But um, but it's it's God's work. Wow. So, I mean, yes. I, I, I wanted to know more about this diocese, too, um, for the sake of our listeners. Um, uh, tell us. You want me to? Yes. Tell us about the people. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, this Diocese of Rayagada was established just recently, that is May 28, 2016. Before it was with the Mother Diocese of Berhampur 
In fact, I was the diocesan priest of the Berhambur diocese. Oh. And uh, when the diocese was divided, the tribal areas came one side, uh, we tribal districts, almost six to eight districts we have got, uh, the tribal districts. That one is made into Raigara diocese. And other other part of it, it went with the mother diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother diocese is the uh, diocese of Berahampur. And uh, Pope appointed the, our first bishop, a young man, uh, Apollina Senapadi, for the congregation of the mission, CM. Oh. And uh, speaking about the Christianity over here, Christianity came very, very early stage of 17th century. Okay. And uh, Christianity came in the earlier century, uh, 17th century, uh, mainly by the MSFS fathers, missionaries of St. Francis, uh, uh, Francis de Sales, sorry. Yeah. And uh, many of the missionaries died in the mission because of malaria, because of the wild mm-hmm. animal, because of sickness and waterbound sickness and many other things. Mm-hmm. And it so happened that uh, uh, in 1922, they handed over the mission to the congregation of the mission. For the Spanish missionaries came from uh, Europe, especially from Spain, mm-hmm. and they started to evangelize this area. Along with them, there are uh, so many missionaries from the southern part of India, a state where St. Thomas came, Kerala. From there, uh, many of the missionaries came up to this part of the country. Right. And even I am from Kerala. We came up to northern part. We had our training. We were ordained priests. And we continued the mission as the number of Spanish missionaries uh, start to become less and less. Uh-huh. At present, we have got only one Spanish nun alive in our in our mission. Cool. First of all, our Indians, mainly from south, as well as the local vocation, we have got a lot of local vocation. Wow. Uh, this area has got six civil districts. Population is that um, almost, uh, uh, I, it is uh, uh, 144,000, uh, 44, or I don't know, 2 million or 3 million of people. And we have got the Catholics, just the recent uh, accounting we made, the statistics we made, 65,780 people are Catholics. Okay. We have got uh, 24 parishes, 200 uh, mission stations. We have got 32 diocesan priests, and we have got um, uh, uh, almost 23 congregation priests, hmm. and 137 nuns working in uh, belonging to different uh, congregations, hmm. and uh, we have got 83 seminarians. That's one of the area we put more trust yeah. because we get a lot of vocation. We are not able to take everybody, so we try to send the outside our uh, diocese to join different congregations and things. And every year in our, in our diocese, there is one or two ordinations. So there's a positive thing. Besides it, we have got almost 428 men who are full-time catechists. They go to village to village, which are understood. Yeah. So that is a setup of our diocese. Wow. I want to comment on, you said vocations, and that yes. um, I know I've heard this from other dioceses before, that they'll say, you know, they have the problem of too many vocations and not enough space in their uh, seminary or not enough funding to be able to educate that many. And as you said, yes. some of those young men might go on to religious it, vocations, right? Even even that is a struggle we go through. Yeah. Even what uh, I earn, uh, almost half of it, uh, it goes to the diocese for the maintenance of the seminarians and the priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that... Uh, 
we don't have a salary like as we work uh, in India. We get just a hand-to-mouth support. Right. But we are not uh, unhappy. We are happy. Right. Uh, well, I mean, and uh, we know that the, the priest and nuns never go hungry. So we each parish, we maintain our own uh, backyard gardens, poultry, cow shed. And we have got uh, education is one of the important things. So we bring the children from the villages and stay with the male children, stay with the uh, priests and they, they got a hostel and the girls, they stay with the nuns. That's the only way we could bring up the education yeah. and uh, yeah. great people for the future. Well, education changes. Well, that was my other thought, you know, the idea of there being vocations as catechists, vocations as priests, as religious women and men, that this is a gift back to the church. Um, Obviously, it's important that that the diocese be able to be self-sustaining, but in addition, to be able to send people out. Um, That's the the goal of every mission diocese to then also be ascending, not just a receiving, but ascending diocese. Before our break, I also just want to ask you, it's December here. It's the Advent season. We're preparing for Christmas. I'd like to hear yes. about what the people in, in your this home diocese of yours, what they would be doing this time of year. Yeah, this time of the year is a, a lot of expectation. People will clean their village. They'll, uh, they'll make one crib in their village, in each village. So the people... Uh, one thing is that this is a season they go around dancing. That is one way of evangelization. Da- dancing is part of their culture. Mm-hmm. So every evening comes two or three villages come together to a particular new village or new area and they dance and sing and in between some of the catechists will give a short talk for three minutes and again they dance. So some of the villages are invited to dance with them. Mm-hmm. So that is an opening for them to enter into the mainstream like I And that's the way we are invited back why don't you come to our village? Why right. don't you come to and talk to us? <laughs> so that is a, one of the things which goes on. And uh, in every, every we, we keep that abstinence from meat and fish. First of all, that meat is available. Rather, the people kill in their own villages, the animals. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, fish is not that av- available because it's on the mountains. Mm-hmm. So people abstain from that. And uh, they prepare themselves for... Uh, and, uh, uh, other ways that each village is prepared and uh, they have uh, one Christmas mass before the Christmas because priests can't cover up 60 to 70 villages and have their celebration. Right. So they go around, priests priest go around here in the confession mm-hmm. doing some of the baptisms at that time. And because, and uh, we also have a, a celebration of uh, some of the, something of Christmas, the reading and things like that because of otherwise they have no chance appreciate celebrating a mass and things like that right and yeah. one of the things one of the things we do it most of these celebrations are at night because there is a strong opposition from the government mm-hmm. and uh, that we are evangelizing and uh, things uh, the government is behind us yeah. where we go around during the day so mostly most of the priests travel in the evening hours yeah. they try to walk three or four hours or they ride a bike off the way and they walk up to the mountain and reach the village and nobody knows. So nighttime, nobody to come to disturb. So the wow. church uh, church in this mission is active at night, <laughs> except in the towns and things like that. The main church is active during the day. Sure. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, thank you for mentioning that, too, because that's I've heard that from others as well in India in particular. Things are getting... Uh, more challenging for the purposes of evangelization. It's time for our break now, but we'll be right back to continue talking about hope and trust in mission. Stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 
As you think about year-end contributions, we at Catholic Charities thank you for considering a donation. 100% of every donation goes directly to our charitable work. Every donation allows us to continue to offer programs and services that affirm, strengthen, and empower those we serve as they work toward becoming self-sufficient. We are financially independent from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are proud of our Platinum GuideStar rating as a nonprofit. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been helping homeless, hungry, and troubled neighbors in Cook and Lake counties. We would be honored to have your support in our 2021 year-end appeal. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate or call 312-948-6087. The number again is 312-948-6087. Thank you for being partners with us in the mission of Catholic Charities. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office. I'm here with Father Wilson Paulos, currently a pastoral minister at St. Peter Church in Merchantville, New Jersey, but he is originally from the Diocese of Raigada in the eastern region of India. Now, before the break, we were just getting to know you, Father Wilson, and your work as a mission appeal speaker on behalf of your home diocese in India. Um, and just thinking about all these years of experience that you've had um, ministering here in the U.S. and then ministering in, um, in this tribal region of India, as you said, in the mountains, um, reminds me of a phone conversation we had last year in 2020. Um, as I mentioned, you were on our mission appeals last year. We um, had to, to hold them virtually, but you and I spoke uh, during that time, and you shared that you yourself uh, last year were infected with COVID, and yes. um, 
it was quite a journey um, of recovery <laughs> and um, a journey, a spiritual journey, a physical health journey. Um, and I, in my opinion, having heard you talk about it, it's a journey of hope and trust. And so I was wondering if you would be willing to share with us your story of uh, recovery, please. Yes. We all know that the COVID-19 has done a lot of harm to many people. Yeah. We lost our dear ones. And back in India, almost 291 priests, mm. five bishops, about 267 nuns. Uh, these are in the religious circle. We have a few brothers, five or six brothers, mm. seminarians. We lost so many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, our neighboring diocese, some of my companions, we lost. And I was infected with uh, with this sickness on December 27th. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not knowing, and uh, I came to the 29th. Mm-hmm. And uh, by on 3rd of January, I was uh, out of oxygen. I was uh, coming down gradually from 90 to 85, 80, 80, 60, 62, 60, 62, like that was remaining. I could not breathe, and I knew that I'm just dying. I shouted, and my pastor came and uh, called 911 and uh, dragged me down to the second floor, to first floor. They came. Took me that much only I remembered, and I was unconscious almost for uh, almost uh, one and a half days like that. Wow. And they they did the medicine what they injected to our late our um, ex president uh, Trump. I don't know the name of the medicine either remdesivir or something. Right. So they did that one. So but I knew that it was a big tragic uh, situation. I knew that I am dying. I I, I mm-hmm. made my last prayers. Mm-hmm. I held my hands closed, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and I knew that uh, it's a time. I'm saying goodbye. Then I asked the Lord bless me, yeah. and uh, I gave up everything. I did not know anybody around me. I was just uh, going to a deep uh, abyss. I was falling to, mm-hmm. and after some time, that I start to fly like a piece of paper, and seeing beautiful flowers and birds and everything. And uh, then I, when I woke up, it was on the second day mm-hmm. because the medicine worked and uh, they were very happy. They did not put me in ventilator. Yeah. And I remained in the hospital almost 10 days. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to tell you that it was, it is my second life. Mm-hmm. It is my second life. And I'm ever, ever grateful to God, especially during this year, yeah. for go, uh, making me alive. He has got a summer plan to be carried out through me. And I am grateful to God, and I will be at the service of my diocese to the people here and back in India and for God. So it was a tough, tough situation. We lose our hope. We know everything is helpless. And people go through this uh, tragedy, go through this uh, situation. It's uh, horrible. Uh, unless and until we go through only, we can understand the feeling of uh, many people who are infected. I, I counsel even now some of the people who are with a sickness. Yeah. I call them by phone and I speak to them. And the only thing, my pastor was very, very positive and he was encouraging Wilson, take courage. Nothing is going to happen. Many people are praying mm-hmm. and I am praying for you. Nothing. He was coming to my room and he was making me to get up. He was feeding me breakfast. Mm-hmm. I find that... Uh, Encourage the people. Don't speak ill about that fellow died, this person died. But ensure that one, you are going to live. And we are there with prayers. And you will live. Nothing is going to happen to you without God's knowledge. That is a positive message we have to give to people. 
and uh, I found that this helped me a lot, and I am today alive. And I am giving you the <laughs> uh, radio report, and it was a great privilege. This for the first time. Yeah. Thank you, Megan, for inviting me for this program. Oh Anything more? Yeah. Yes. Let me just say, from my perspective, yes. because I, I I heard you tell this story before, and we yes at the time we had talked about it initially. You had said, I'll, I promise I'd be happy to, to share my story on your radio program. Well, then some time passed. We both got busy with other things, and you had your own yes. things going on. And we reconnected again not too long ago, and you had said, oh, you know, I promised I would do it, Megan. I really got it. And I said, We're, we can do this. There, there's, it's not too late. And I think that that's yes. also a big piece of hope and trust, too. Things don't always happen the way that we expected them to. And even for those who have lost someone in the course of, of COVID, and you, as you mentioned, the country of yes. India has had a great loss. Uh, and it's not the yes. only country that has suffered terribly, but, but this year in particular in India was devastating. Um, but in the United States, too, um, last year and this year, that um, those of us who are still here, um, that, that, that we can... Um, Things didn't happen the way we thought they would, but we can be present to one another. Like you said, pray for one another, um, be, be present as much as possible, um, and, and take every precaution that we can to protect one another, but, um, but to know that God is active in all of it. And, and for those of us who, who were lucky enough to recover, to not take that lightly and really believe that God has given you that second life, um, sure. you're still here for a reason. There's still work to be done. Um, and so we're so grateful um, that, that you you were able to recover and the, and the hope that you have is just it's uh, it's inspired me so I wanted to share it with everyone else um, <clears throat> how much this this year just has changed all of us but hopefully for the better yes. now we only have two minutes left so I want to ask you yes. my final question um, so, you know, it, it's the seasons of Advent and Christmas, as I mentioned, that we're entering into. Um, yes. What, what do these seasons mean to you and, and how might they might connect with this idea of hope and trust? I believe that uh, our life is short and time is fast. Yeah. No replay, no rewind. So enjoy every moment what God has given mm -hmm. by ourselves and for others yeah. and wish good to others and good things will come back to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And difficulties uh, in our life uh, do not come to destroy us, mm -hmm. but uh, to help us to realize our potential power and God has got his plan. Yeah. And um, this is a season of Advent and Christmas. Uh, it is a time to just uh, reevaluate the blessings we received during this year. Mm -hmm. Much more than the sad events. Often, often we focus on the painful events, sad events, loss. In fact, I lost my sister on uh, October 2nd this year. Oh, I could sorry. not go. But still then, I I could not take for first uh, one week. But uh, gradually I start to realize we all have to go. She finished her uh, duty on this earth right. and uh, she has gone back. We all have our and uh, I should uh, look at the life as uh, something very positive. Yeah. And uh, that is what I am looking to. And if you are helping someone, yeah. uh, expecting nothing in return, right? Yeah. And you are during your uh, you are doing uh, business 
or uh, not kindness if you are expecting something right. but uh, do it without any reward i know that i may be i always look at the pioneering missionaries and how much they suffered and i may be a speck of in the mission uh, in my diocese now i am here right. wherever i am that is my mission yeah. i don't think that india has to be there so we all are supposed to bring joy and happiness to people's life bringing god's presence That's by right. our speak yes. by our action and by our affinity yeah. as all This and is... i wish uh, all the best happy merry christmas and uh, happy new year <laughs> Thank you. And Marvelous. also especially I would like to thank the Chicago Diocese you help us in many ways you mm-hmm. are given some mission help uh, through the uh, subsidy for the mass stipends and uh, we know that in India right. we don't get uh, anybody to so yeah father wilson we're you know, we're out of time so i'm afraid i have to cut you months. off so various ways you. you have helped us yes absolutely well thank you very much for joining yes. us thank father you. wilson I wish everyone a blessed Thank Advent you. and Christmas. Yes. I ask you to tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you for listening. And remember, always be on mission.